Knowing this will make you a better decorator. Welcome to Decorating Tips and Tricks. I am Kelly Wilkness. I'm here with Anita Joyce. This is episode 314. You've got style, but which one? The show notes for today's episode can be found at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 314. It's the age-old question, what is my style? This is a question we get a lot. People are really burdened by this question, and I don't want anyone to feel burdened by that this question at all, and I don't want you to feel like this episode is uh, – forcing you to choose a style or mm-hmm. asking you, what is your style? Because we're not, because we are sort of the, um, I don't want to say anti-style because man, we've got style, but you know what I'm saying? We are not about defining yourself in a particular style. I think if you've been listening for any period of time, you know that. Well, okay. Let me clarify. I think in the beginning we talked about defining your style and here was my personal thinking on this is I think everybody, it works best to kind of, for you to kind of figure out what your own style is, put a name on it. And I'm not looking for you to necessarily say that your style is exactly like contemporary or transitional or traditional or country French or or coastal. I'm not looking for that so much, but for you to have a I'd like for everybody to kind of have a name in their mind that describes their particular style and for them to have a good feel for what it includes and what it doesn't include, because I think that's helpful when you're going to design your house. But, you know, I'm not suggesting in any way that you should uh, closely fit, that tightly fit in any particular box. We're not about putting you in a box, but I think defining what you're looking for and maybe more importantly, what you're not looking for is helpful to making your house look cohesive. How's that, Kelly? That is perfectly put. And that is exactly the way I feel about it too. It is helpful to have a sense. And that's why we're doing this episode today. We are also doing this episode today because it was inspired by one of our listeners, Tracy S. from Newfoundland, Canada. Hi, Tracy. Um, Tracy, thank you so much. She initially emailed us um, with, with a lovely things to say, but also with a photo of her feeding birds from her hand in the snow. I mean, how darling is that. What a nice person to be doing that. But yeah. And then Tracy and I had a little bit back and forth in emails and she told us that she would love to hear an episode about the different sorts of styles and which got me thinking that a lot of people probably would as well. Because Mm -hmm. as we said in the beginning, this is a burning question. Now, I totally agree with what Anita has said. And I think that people are are in a sense burdened by this question because they get they ask it or they get asked it when they're decorating or when they're starting a new home or moving to a new place. Well, what's your style going to be? And then people are mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like, I like so many things. I love so many things. I have so many Pinterest boards. I don't. I don't really know. So you you don't have to fit in to one of these styles is kind of what we're saying, but it is great to know what is out there. So it's best to know the hallmarks of these various defined styles, and then you can venture to create your own because that is really having your own true signature style. And that's what we want to help uh, you get to, a point where you've made your house 
so much you that it is not necessarily uh, a reflective of a generalized style. It's got the hallmarks of some, but it's got a lot of personality. It's got a lot of you. Okay. Well, let's get started. Which one do you want to start with? Well, I just think since we're here with you, we should start with the French country, which I have a lot of too. But, you know, Anita is, you know, deep into the French country. Mm -hmm. Well, and I have to say that my, I have often referred to my particular style as farmhouse French versus country French because my style is not, uh, does not uh, hide, is not exactly the traditional country French style. So let's talk about what that is. Well, which is exactly what we're talking about because you right. you have taken that and you've evolved and you made it your own. But so, but if we're saying, right. if we're giving like the definitions or the mm-hmm. hallmarks of these different styles. So what country is- French would country be French. the style of a house, a cottage, a maison in the countryside of France. So these would be more of the rustic things. These are not the fine French furniture that you would find maybe in Paris uh, of the city folks, but this would be the people out, the farmers, people that didn't have lots of money. So this would be working furniture. This would be rustic furniture. You might have a pine armoire here. This might be kind of, but it's very curved. It's all beautiful things, but this is going to be more the relaxed style. There's going to be rustic baskets and antique pieces, uh, walnut pieces, perhaps maybe some painted pieces as well. Uh, This is where they have a lot of the Provencal colors, red, yellow, you know, a a blue, a cornflower blue uh, would be considered traditional colors. And a lot of the vintage things, you know, a lot of the old antique things, if you look at it, you can't tell whether it's French or English. So really, I... I really recommend people if they're going for the country French look to just just add a lot of antiques and and it usually works quite well with with the French like old uh, scales that weigh things, cloches, you know, crystal things, uh, wood candlesticks that look antique, stuff like that. And there's a certain amount of femininity to it. Would I be right in saying that? Yes, yes. The curved. There's lots of curves. Uh, it, it is a feminine look. It's uh, there's there's ruffles and there's a softness because all most all French furniture is curvy. Not not all of it, but a lot of it is. Okay, and then sometimes it's thought that shabby chic kind of has some French elements in it or French country elements. And, and, and it does, but shabby chic is a little bit, um, it's, it's a more worn in general. It definitely has a heavy chippy feel, a lot of patina, lots of florals, lots of white, lots of ruffles, very feminine. Well, and I like to go back on shabby chic the same way. That style is not as old as country French, but, you know, it was developed by Rachel Ashwell in her first book, Shabby Chic. And her, she's from the UK, um, but she, I guess, lives mostly in the, does she live in California mostly now? Maybe in New York as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Used to have a place in Round Top, but I don't think she has that anymore. Uh, So her look, is people confuse it with French style a lot. Uh, I think now people use that term to mean French, but if you go back and look at her original style, there really is not 
uh, a lot of French things there. It's a very English, American, more straight lines, but a lot of uh, chippy painted furniture, lots of pastels, lots of florals. Lots of, that's when the slip covers, covers became to be super hot. But definitely, and, and people think of it too as the whites, but really white was just a part of it. She definitely had lots of uh, florals, small prints, and a lot of pastel colors in there as well. Yeah, and a lot of painted furniture, in which yes. I also think the painted white furniture is really, you know, the shabby chic. I mean, yes. you know, you, oh gosh, I don't know. Still, still now to today, but certainly maybe eight, ten years ago, if you went to the Rose Bowl, I mean, there would be booth after booth where whatever these people could get their hands on, whether it be a birdcage or, uh, you know, a broom, they spray painted it white and sandpapered a little bit off. And it was, you know, this whole shabby chic look, which, you know, if just like any look, if you go too far, it's like, eh, you know, there's just too much of it. It may be too much of a good thing. So, well, I think chic- the look really, the original look was old furniture that was painted where the paint was right. chipping off, not something right. that had been made to look old, but the, Well, you know. that's what I'm saying. It mm-hmm. kind of got, you know, it mm-hmm. was, yes, it's it was been so hijacked, overdone, shall we hijacked. say that? Yeah. Hijacked. Mm-hmm. Okay. And farmhouse got a little hijacked too. So, you know, yes. farmhouse style came on so strong, Yes, you know, not too long ago. It's still here, but I think it's morphing into this much cooler, a modern farmhouse look. But, mm-hmm. you know, a true farmhouse look, like you'd be out on a real farm and mm-hmm. all the things would be really authentic. And it really wouldn't be quote unquote farmhouse look, it would just be sort of rustic. You know, it is mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. uh, because you're actually, uh, you know, it's, it's on a if not a working farm, at least a home that you know is in a farm setting, and there are a lot of galvanized pieces. Uh, you know, the furniture is you know, definitely has a collected feel. There's really nothing matchy matchy about it. Um, simple fabrics. I, I picture simple. ticking a lot of mattress right. ticking fabric everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, very green sack. Right. Well, which is a fabulous fabric to use. I love using grain sack for upholstery because although a lot of these fabrics made from flax are a lot of these fabrics are a hundred years old or older, they hold up so well to use. It's it's astounding how good that fabric is. Right. So then the farmhouse, you know, we galvanize things that we say pictures, mm-hmm. um, little stools, enamelware sorts of access, enamelware, great point. Things like this. Um Again, it's pretty simple lines along, uh, you know, maybe the shabby chic, more American or, or, mm-hmm. or English type of lines, right. not as curvy as the French. And, but I think what happened with the farmhouse is that it, that it sort of slid into this mass produced, too cute, um, you know, signs and everything was galvanized. So we kind of got a little, um, I don't want to say diluted because it was not diluted. It was overpopulated. But the the look just kind of – it was just too much. They tried to do too many Overdone. things in the farmhouse look. Yeah. Overdone. So and it, there were a lot of things made in the name of farmhouse that really weren't – In the name of farmhouse. That were not well, farmhouse. that were just – they were called farmhouse, but they really just weren't that nice. But that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Something becomes popular, and then it's mass-produced somewhere else, and it's just uh, – you know, it's – just it kind of doesn't really look that great, but it's kind of that look, and people have right. it for a while. And then when that look goes out, they're thinking, "Oh, this wasn't really made that well to begin with. I don't really want to keep this." 
Right. So what I guess what I'm saying by using that word diluted, it kind of diluted the effect of the real authentic mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. because it was just too much of it. So even if you came upon, you know, a, a real old galvanized oversized pitcher, you know, it didn't seem that special because you could get one at Target for, you know, half the cost or Well, right. So- and so like at Round Top, I love that they sell old, for example, chicken feeders and then they, you know, remorph it and use it for something else. I mean, it's pretty cool right. how they uh you know, my style in particular was really um inspired by by shopping at Roundtop because they would have these French chairs mm-hmm. out in a field with a hay bale behind it and maybe this chicken feeder next to it. And I thought, I I kind of like that rustic and refined together. Yes, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, what Anita is saying about reusing these interesting farm actual pieces of equipment and things like that started the more modern farmhouse look uh, where it's a little, there's a little, maybe even a little splash of industrial mixed in there. And we'll talk about that one too, but mm-hmm. it's definitely mm-hmm. a lot cleaner lines. It's not cutesy. There's no fresh eggs for sale signs. Um, it is, is clean. There's some maybe exposed wood, lots of whites. There's just a really nice feel about the whole farmhouse style because it's very welcoming mm-hmm. and yeah and it's sort of embracing of the family and things like that so it's a great look um it it um kind of takes the cues from you know, sort of provincial looks for the ultimate mix of like the highs and the lows it's a really nice contrast with uh the modern farmhouse i'm really liking that look now Yes. And while we're talking about very traditional looks before we go the other direction, I wanted to throw in Gustavian because it is something I adore, but it's not something that a lot of people know about. It's not a very commonly used style. Uh, the tra- the real Gustavian antiques are not as easy to find. They weren't, you know, the French things were made everywhere, not in just not just in France. So the French style chairs you can find everywhere. But the Gustavian look really wasn't copied other places. So uh, to find the real Gustavian antiques, they're from Sweden, and these were uh, originally came into style around the time King Gustav the Third was um, reigning, which was I think late seventeen hundreds. Anyway, long story short, those pieces, the real authentic pieces, are extremely expensive. So if you want a Gustavian look, I very much recommend that you go with uh, reproduction pieces. There's a lot of beautiful reproduction pieces. But even those, to be honest with you, tend to be expensive. So um, keep that in mind. But the Gustavian look, uh, King Gustav spent some time in Versailles in France and he really loved that look and he wanted to bring it back to Sweden with him. But the problem was all these beautiful, rich French woods like the walnuts, they didn't have there in Sweden. They had a lot of pine and some other woods that, you know, didn't look as uh, the same way. So they ended up kind of copying some of the lines, but then painting everything a gray or a white and uh, kind of came up with their own look. And if you've seen a Mora clock, that's kind of part of that Gustavian look. It's a gorgeous look. It works so well with so many different other styles. It's a very clean, simple look, but it's got a lot of personality to it. And it goes very, very well with French things. So that's kind of my uh, what I cr- am crushing on now too. But that's a beautiful look. 
And the, so let's go into industrial look. So that mm-hmm. really got its origins from sort of loft living, so this warehouse vibe, this factory vibe with metal elements thrown in. And it's it's somewhat clean, usually best shown in a bigger space. So, I mean, it, you could do it on a smaller scale, but, you know, to really achieve the look, it's sort of a uh, you know, it needs to be sort of in a loft or someplace with a lot of square footage. Um, it somewhat tends to the masculine and minimal. Um, neutral color palette. You know, if you can pull in some cool reclaimed machinery, like, uh, you know, I don't know, like things with sprockets and things like that, you can mm-hmm. have a little bit of a, like a steampunk feel. That's what I was going to say, steampunk. Yes, yes. Yeah, which can be really cool. Um, unfinished metals, you know, lots of grays, as you would imagine, some black, forged iron. Um, yeah, it's a really great look. It, um, I like it for the cleanness of it. It is mm-hmm. a little, I think it would be a little hard for me to live in that. Look, it is tends to be darker. Um, but, you know, it is a very cool look. I love the industrial look too. And I love lofts. And there's, I always enjoy looking uh, online to see for sale, not that I'm going to buy it, but lofts just to kind of see how they've done the lofts. And maybe there's a brick exposed wall. Maybe it was an old warehouse at one time and they've converted it to an open space. Maybe there's, and a lot of times they have exposed uh AC ducts in the top, that sort of thing. A mm-hmm. friend of mine, I just always loved her apartment uh, here in the Heights. It was actually a church, and they broke it up into individual apartments. And she had some exposed brick and some other very uh, industrial elements in the space. And it was just stunning, just absolutely beautiful, very sought after building. And I love it. And I think a lot of these, uh, the industrial style, I think is a clean, simple look. And I think it's something that really you can use with a lot of different styles mixed with it. It's a, it, I love it a lot. Oh, yeah. I think it's easy to mix the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the pieces. You could definitely because have you like were a saying it- bookshelf or like I think even my coffee table, although it's gold, but it's kind of this like very muted gold, but it has very industrial lines. It's just metal. And it's just a big, it's just a rectangle. So what I'm saying, right. So about the, I think this is a nice style to mix with other warmer styles that are maybe a little more a cozy style. It's not a cozy style. It's kind of, it can tend toward the cold, but it's easy to warm up if you mix in some French or something else or some shabby chic or something else. So, I mean, that's, and that's what we want to talk about here is you can take elements of one of these styles and put it with the elements of another one and create your own style for your own fantastic look. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Okay. I think I just did the last one. Do you want to do another style? Oh, how about minimalist? Very clean lines. Oh, Minimalist always makes me feel a little sad. <laughs> Not a lot. Minimalists, and I know some minimalists, where it's a big room and there's two pieces of furniture in it. And you're thinking, you know, you could put something else in here. And then, you know, my friend says, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'll <laughs> so, tell you, uh, when I'm putting away the Christmas decorations, that's whenever I really think I should just become a minimalist in all things. But I don't think I could live with that just like because I just like a lot of – I'd like – 
decor. I just like things and I like to move them around. I don't like clutter, but I, it would be a hard style for me to have. But, you know, I think if you had the right house, maybe with a big long bank of windows and you could see the outside and it was, it was, you know, more about letting the outside in sort of thing, it could be pretty spectacular. Oh, I think so. And I mean, there's certainly a part of me that really the minimalist style appeals to me. Here's what I think happened with the whole minimalist style to begin with is so many styles are a backlash to the previous style. So I think before minimalist came in, I think things were getting more and more and more cluttered, layered and layer and layer. And the style was just getting to be a little overstuffed. And I think people started feeling, it, it's almost like the reaction to Victorian style, which was layer, 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 and, right. uh, you know, gilding, gilding, gilding. And then people, then the craftsman style came out that said, no, let's go cleaner, simpler, straighter lines, not so much stuff. And so that's what I think about the minimalist style as a reaction to the, to the traditional style that had kind of overstuffed rooms. But now a traditional style is much cleaner looking than it used to be. So I don't really think you have to go all the way to the minimalist style to get a cleaner look, but that's definitely what that is. A minimalist would be, you know, very few things in a room, clean lines, nothing frilly, nothing, uh, you know, just simplistic. I'm trying to think of another word for it, but there's not a lot of furniture in the room and there certainly are not a lot of things sitting out. And, you know, if you were looking in a minimalistic kitchen, probably there just wouldn't be anything on the countertop anywhere. Maybe a piece of soap sitting out somewhere, but that's, you know, that's kind of the look. And it's, and if, and for some people, I think it's really perfect for them. Yeah. And, you know, particularly if maybe if you collected uh, modern art or something like that, Mm -hmm. like that would be so spectacular. You just have a great sofa and then you just have one, fabulous piece of art. Yeah, it could be great. I mean, you know, not something you're going to want to have when you have a lot of little kids, or I guess it would be harder to have that. But Well, you don't have them knocking your tchotchkes over because there aren't well, any. Well, then you don't have any tchotchkes, but they will have tchotchkes. They have their mm-hmm. own tchotchkes. Yes, they do come um, with them. Here's here's a one, but then they, they kind of leads into the other. Contemporary mm-hmm. and modern. Oftentimes oh, good. Those I'm are glad you're talking the, about those. Yeah, and the terms are sort of mixed up. So, you know, what is contemporary? Contemporary style is just, as the, as the word implies, completely of the moment. While modern interior design styles can, you know, sort of mean anything from like the 50s through the 80s. So mm-hmm. contemporary interior design tends to also have a little bit more freedom as modern is a little more fixed around um, like squared graphic lines and a certain time period. Yeah, I think contemporary is a little more open to interpretation. It's a little more fluid Mm -hmm. than modern. And, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me then to go one step more to go transitional is kind of part contemporary. Right. And part traditional. So that's even more one more step away from the the modern. Right. So yeah, so contemporary and modern are like, maybe a little bit closer and then traditional and transitional are a little bit closer, uh, you know, in looks Mm -hmm. to the untrained eye, but now you all have trained eyes. So, you know, you got it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is something if you search on Pinterest that might help you with some of these, because it's hard for us to communicate all of this uh, without getting to see it. And can you even believe that we podcast about decorating without pictures? 
It does. Yeah. I mean, we worked. were told we couldn't do this. And we said, I think we're going to try. Said, and then we said, we're doing it. We're doing it. You're not the boss of us. Or at least That's one of right. us said that. Yeah. So, well, now that we've mentioned those two, so we've got traditional. So that is, you know, that's rooted in traditional interior design ideas. It's usually it has a lot of symmetry, um, beautiful fabrics, and maybe some family heirlooms. There's layering. Uh, antiques, vintage antiques. item. Yes. Some luscious fabrics often. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some rich uh, colors, perhaps, and some rich, you know, beautiful fabrics. If you think of a designer that is really uh, rooted in traditional design is a, a, maybe a Bunny Williams, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and so country French and English and American. I mean, I think traditional is a big word, uh, is a big bucket, I should say, that a lot of designs fall under. That would be something that's been that's based on the past, is what I would say. And they, these are classics, right? Yeah, and you really, I mean, you know, any of these looks are fantastic, but you, you so can't go wrong with that one. And then there's the transitional, which Anita alluded to. So do you want to talk about what the difference is there? Well, the transitional has one foot in traditional and one foot in contemporary. So it's the mixing of the two. And this is a a fun look. And I think of when I think of transitional, I like to think of, although this could be its own style also, I like to think of a beautiful Paris apartment that has all this heavy detail on the moldings inside and maybe some beautiful French chairs, but then right smack dab in the middle, there is a leather and, and chrome sofa in the center of the room with maybe, you know, a a modern also coffee table in there as well. So it's kind of mixing two styles that, you know, are not exactly the same, the, the now with the older and just kind of seeing what you come up with there. Okay, see how great this episode is? Not only do we hopefully have our listeners thinking, but now I'm thinking. So I have always sort of said about my house, I don't say it's Victorian because even though the shell of it is Victorian, the interior is is really not. There's a little bit of, but they're antique furnishings, not necessarily Victorian. But now what do I have? The leather chaise, the heavy gilded moldings, modern uh, coffee table, a French-shaped... Um, sofa and chairs. So maybe I have to say now, instead of, what was I saying? Farmhouse glam. Now I have to say transitional. (laughs) That's right. I think you might have to. See how you're just creating the style as you go along, as you see fit. I'm, I'm not going to go on and on and on about that chase and what it's done for my living room, because I will talk about that another day, but it's Fabulous, you guys. But she's already talked about it in a previous I, I, episode. Every, now it's now everyone's favorite place to sit. It's like, oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and good. it's now next to the kitchen chair, I think, this the second favorite place to sit anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. How about um, Boho? We haven't Boho. talked about that yet, have we? Bohemian. No. And, and you know, there's kind of a newer neutral version of Boho, but Boho, I think of a gypsy caravan and all the things that you can picture that would be in there. That's Boho. 
rich colors, tapestries, rugs. Think about something where you would, you know, maybe kind of 1800s, kind of all these kind of exotic things, maybe from world travels. And you've got them in this caravan and you're just uh, going, you know, across the country. I don't know what the the gypsies were doing, but they were in there with their tapestries and their rugs and uh, beautiful uh, things from around the world. Lots of color, uh, lots of pattern. Yeah, fun flea market finds mm-hmm. and uh, global touches, kind of a mishmash, hangs. really. Yeah, and and a, mm-hmm. and and a lot. I I think of it as kind of lots of layers. I think of it as it's the opposite. I would call that probably the opposite of minimalist too, because I see it also with lots of different patterns together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the rich colors. Unless right. you're and doing the newer be- version. That's right. kind of more neutral. Mm-hmm. Right. And it can tend to be a little feminine too. You could, it could go that way. It could be sort of more globally inspired or it can be a little bit more feminine because you're having these layers and there's sometimes there's ruffles and florals and things like that. It's, I'm picturing it's a really fun. Yeah. It's a fun, really, I think it's a great sort of really youthful look. I think it's lovely. It's a real breath of fresh air. Yeah, I, I'm picturing, uh, yeah, tassels too. Tassels. And fringe. That's what I'm thinking. Now, mid-century modern was so, so hot here in LA and probably a lot of I think everywhere, yeah. Well. Um, think of Mad Men. Think of, you know, Don Draper's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, mid-century, it's really the best of the 50s and the 60s and a lot of uh, Danish-inspired uh, furnishings, if not real Danish uh, furnishings. So you've heard that sort of like Danish modern, you know, mm-hmm. if you, uh, you know, maybe your mom or your grandma had like the Danish modern uh, furniture set or something like that, like that is what people are scrounging around like crazy for to get at places like the Rose Bowl and Round Top. Very popular. It's it's kind of segueing its way out now. Again, because we feel like it came on so strong and people mm-hmm. were doing their entire houses mm-hmm. in mid-century modern, um, not really making it their own, just like incorporating that whole style, like hardcore. And then just like it did in the 50s and 60s when it went out, and what came in? I think colonial, maybe. Um, I'm telling you, it was the bicentennial. It was, it was the colonial American. It was yep. the death of of mid century modern. But <laughs> mm-hmm. now, you know, it came back. But then, if you did it, your house all like that now, even in 2019, now it looks dated again. So again, another example of where you want to be mixing in a lot of different things. It can be this really cool lines. I mean, it is a very distinct furniture look, um, kind of. Thin and uh, almost like re- the ready orange look of the the Danish inspired look, don't you think, Anita? Um, not mm-hmm. a lot of ornament on the furniture itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, clean true. lines. It could be rounded lines, but very clean. So. You know, that can mix with a lot of different things. That could mix with industrial. That could certainly mix with boho. That could even mix in with modern farmhouse. Yeah, let's talk about uh, coastal too. I think that's another popular style. And that's very popular 
obviously along the coast. I think of some place like Florida where that would be very popular. And and the colors make me think of the sea and the sky. There's a lot of blues or aquas, a lot of pastels and whites. And I think of very easy living, carefree materials, because this is something that might actually be, you know, in a house on the beach. I think of wicker and soft colors and very casual living. Yeah. And again, you know, just like what we're saying about all the styles, think don't get too cutesy with it. You know, don't have shells everywhere. Don't have signs, you know, the beach this way, things like that. Coastal style can be very sophisticated as well. You know, maybe you bring it in and the navies and blues to evoke the sea. And maybe you have just really some large piece of coral inside your fireplace or something like that. You something spectacular. Uh, it's a beautiful look. And I love the wickers and whatnot. And when it's very uh, geographically appropriate, I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. One yeah. look that is, you know, was kind of popular maybe if you were into design, um, gosh, probably in the 90s or so, is Hollywood Regency. And you don't really see that a lot. It's a it's a very bold and Kelly Wurstler is one of the designers or the top designer that I can think of of our day that is doing that look. It was kind of it was popular back in the 40s and even into the 60s and then again had this resurgence in the 90s. Um she did a lot of hotels in the holiday, holiday Hollywood Regency look. Um it's kind of art deco way um uh, kind of interesting silhouettes on the furniture, like almost a, almost slightly, slightly cartoonish sometimes, some of the the chairs and whatnot, mm-hmm. like maybe oversized or just like they're kind of in, you know, odd shapes. Um, definitely has See this- Ginger Rogers maybe dancing on yes. top of the desk and jumping up and down off of it. That's what I'm thinking. Exactly. Try to stare there, uh, catching her as she jumps off. Right. It has this very high polished glam. Um, there's some, maybe some French mixed in, uh, color, definitely some color and some bling. Mm-hmm. I think of mirrored surfaces too. Be dancing on the mirrored surface. That would be fun. <laughs> Tap dancing, of course. Tap dancing. Yeah. And then there's, of course, eclectic, which is kind of, I mean, it's a look on its own. It's not just like, hey, let's see what's in the garage and pull it all together. But, you know, it is definitely, um, even if you're having a, an eclectic style, it is curated because it's it's a lot of different things, but they have to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we're saying, too. I mean, that eclectic look, you can, eclectic means combining different styles together. And it definitely can be done. And this is really what we're suggesting that you do is come up with your own eclectic style, pull elements from different looks that you like and bring them together. And then, you know, you can, you can put your name on and I mean, you can call it whatever you want. But I think if, I mean, my feeling on it is this is your house. You want it to have your personality and I think rather than copying somebody, I love the idea of everyone kind of creating their own style and being proud of it and enjoying your home and showing it off to people and uh, sharing it with your friends and family. And I think that's best done when it really is this unique blend of what you love. And, you know, when you pull that together, it's going to be like nobody else's house. 
And the beauty of that when you come up with your own style is you weren't following the trends. So when the trends go out, your house is, you know, where it, it was before. It's still, it's your style. I don't have to say anything. That was perfect. And what a good one to end on, which is eclectic, which is in a sense, like as you just said, what we're talking about is for creating your own style. So because today's entire episode was inspired by a, a listener question. So that's our listener question today. Tracy got a whole episode for her, but we do have a couple of crushes uh, to share today before we go. Do you want to start, Anita? Mm, well, mine are, <laughs> once again, food. I just love Are you Are you um, mm-hmm. fasting again? Because you've been thinking about food a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I did yesterday, not today. Uh, so the green tea mints, I have two. The green tea mints at Trader Joe's. And I know not everybody has a Trader Joe's near them. So my other thing, if you're on the gluten-free train, like Kelly and I are trying to do, uh, joy um, ice cream cones, gluten-free. Oh. And I'm, yeah, that's the brand. And they taste just like the regular uh, ice cream cones. I had given those up several years ago. And when I found these, I thought, oh, no, now I'm in trouble. Because so I don't. Does it yeah. come, it's just the cone or it comes with the ice cream in it? No, no, it's just a box of cones like like the old style cones. Only oh, these well, are gluten-free. Okay, so that's good. You know, you'll be ready. Everybody will be ready for the summertime with their gluten-free cones. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One. How about yours? Well, I have one that is. I don't know even where I heard about this, but it's, it is a vitamin supplement for your plants, whether oh, it be yeah. indoor or outdoor. Um, it is amazing, you guys. It's called Super Thrive, and it has been around a long time. In fact, it won the gold medal at the 1940s World's Fair. I think I used to buy that. Okay, and it comes in this little bottle, maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe three and a half inches tall, and you you only need literally a drop in a large container of water, particularly mm-hmm. for house plants. I had this ficus that was it had been underwatered and then overwatered, and sometimes I'd forget to open the shade, and it would get no sun, and it was just not thriving. Let's just say, and I. <laughs> Use Super Thrive. And it was amazing. But you, wow. I mean, you, you're going to crack up. I'll put the link in the show notes. But when you see this bottle, I mean, it's, I mean, like. I know. It, I it, used to buy that. Yeah. It has the picture use it. of mm-hmm. the inventor on it, which who is this little old man. And it's like this picture of this little man. It, I mean, in a sense, it's the, the worst label possible. It, all the words are so super tiny, but it's so classic. Mm-hmm. wonderful like they should probably never change it it has the gold medal on it and then this picture of the the man who invented it it has a it's a vitamin solution which includes kelp and it does wonders i mean there are so many great reviews about it so i highly recommend it oh well good. yeah and just to me maybe you know don't do it every time you water your plants so maybe for your indoor plants every other time just think to put a little drop in the, the appropriate amount they tell you on the label and and they just water away and it makes them so happy. Well, that's a good one. A classic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a good one. So fun to t- talk about all these styles today. I really enjoyed it. I hope it helped Tracy. I hope it helped you. I hope it helped everybody else out there who's maybe wondering, you know, what, what are these styles and you know, how, do, how does my house work with all of these and what am I? Mm-hmm. 
Now, did you say we had a listener question? No, because this was our entire episode. Okay. All righty then. Well, I think there you go. You got a whole episode. And I <laughs> hope this was <laughs> helpful to you uh, in creating your own style. And when you uh, figure out what that is, email us. Let us know what you call it. Send us a picture. We love hearing from you. And our email is decoratingtipsandtricks at gmail.com. And thanks so much for hanging out with us again today. Remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.